put down those delicious sandwiches. It's Killdozer this week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Do You Know That? Party podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hello, Steve. Hi, Nadia. How are you doing? I'm okay. I almost got run over today. Oh, my God. Um, I casually throwing that out there. Well, I mean, yeah, I the issue is when I go running, I have this habit of uh, thinking I have this instinct that I'm a vehicle also or that like my body is as powerful as a vehicle. So too many times when it's like my signal to walk rather than like let a car turn, I'll like, like, so it was my, I had a signal to walk and this guy wanted to turn right. He still had a red light. I wasn't really paying attention to what he was doing. I started to like step off the curb and then he turned and like stopped and honked at me. Like I was in the way. And then I kind of just stood there and pointed to the signal and was like, see, walk, see, it's my turn. And he kept honking at me. And what I should have done is either like back up and let him go or like quickly get across the street so that he can go and stop honking at me. But instead, I turned it into a confrontation as if like I stand any chance against this man in a vehicle. Um <laughs> So and I do that too much. It happened with Angeline once. I almost got full on run over by Angeline because I was like, no, I'm a pedestrian. I go first. You dare challenge Angeline? I did dare challenge Angeline. Um, A woman who keeps running for governor whenever there's a recall election or any election, frankly. Well, you know, vote no in the recall, but also vote yes for Angeline after you vote no. Um, <laughs> Even though she tried to run you over. I'd rather have Angeline than um, what Larry Elder. Yeah. Even because, yeah, okay. you know, That's he fair. didn't try to run me over, but he's going to run me over with his policies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, I, can you know th- I can think of another guy who is big on running people over. I suppose you could say just bulldozing them to bits. That's the seg alert going off. I'm going to bring a good in our one. Amazing- <laughs> finally, that's finally. a good seg. Thank you. Let me bring in our amazing guest. He's a comedian and a writer for Spirit Rangers, which is coming to Netflix and so much more. Please welcome back Joey Cliff. Uh, everybody, thanks for having me. And I just want to say that uh, podcasting is an audio medium. So if you've been listening to this show, you should know that uh, Steve Zlaga is actually a super intelligent Prius. So he is a, ca- he, is a <laughs> he is a talking car. So that explains why he is how he is. The, they're redoing Herbie and Steve was up for it and yeah. he didn't get it. And it's all it's he like, will well, he, He's the only super. I get it. You're the only super intelligent car in Hollywood. You th- yeah. Like, like, it's just like, why didn't they cast you in that? Once again, Jason Momoa wins another part from Steve. Yes, I lost the Kirby. Re- I, I lost the um, revival of Kirby to Jason Momoa. Yeah, you were only I'm background a- in Transformers. I mean, the 
I think one of the biggest issues with Herbie is they really wanted to stick with it being a love bug. And, you know, they tell you, go in and just do you. Book the room, not the role. So they loved me, but at the end of the day, I am a functioning Toyota Prius, and they really wanted a, a bug. They yeah. really wanted a Volkswagen bug. I mean, what are you going to no. do? You just see, that's... Yeah, so they got they Jason wanted. Momoa, the world's most famous <laughs> Volkswagen bug. <laughs> right, that is fair. <laughs> Joey, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. It's uh, it's real hot today, mm-hmm. and because I'm recording a podcast, I've turned all of my fans off so mm-hmm. as to not cause background noise. So I'm, yep. I'm real sweaty right now. But other than that, I don't know. I got no complaints. Welcome to the club. We also have all our fans off, and as a result, we are just sitting in a pool of our own sweat to bring you guys amazing content that you can listen to anywhere: plane, train, automobile. Uh, and if you happen to be, in, if you if you happen to be in, oh, I don't know, a bulldozer. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about Marvin Hemeyer, Haymeyer, um, whichever is the correct pronunciation, and uh, the whole killdozer situation, um, which was a modified Komatsu D three five five A, which then uh, went, went on all kinds of crazy adventures. So Joey, <laughs> the Killdozer, the Killdozer saga, if you will. Why do you know that? Um, uh, Joey, the Killdozer is such a sweet nickname for me. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, the Killdozer Cliff. Yeah, yeah, especially when I'm writing on children's TV shows. I'll demand that, <laughs> that Killdozer be my credit. <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, the story of Killdozer is um, a very insane one that I'm uh, excited to get into. I um, learned about this story. Um, it uh, primarily uh, is based on an event that happened around 2004. Is that I, growing up, was a really big fan of channels like TLC, the History Channel, Discovery Channel, kind of before they became reality shows. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I used to like my the time that I would go to sleep when I was like 18, 19, just fresh out of high school was like largely dictated by when the documentary channels like went to test patterns. <laughs> Cause I was like, yeah. Oh, I guess there's more documentaries I can watch. So I guess I'll just sleep until there are more tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, one that like in the mid two thousands, they started playing was like, I want to say it was like a TLC special just about like crazy things in America or whatever. And one of the segments was about this Killdozer story. And it was just like so just interesting and gripping and just such a, uh, in terms of narrative, such a clear story with a clear arc, like, you know, clear heroes and villains. And it's just like, it's also about uh, a man who spent 18 months of his life building a bulldozer tank that he used to tear apart his town. (laughs) So it's just (laughs) nuts in any way that you kind of uh decide to look at it so yeah it's just it's a it's a story that's uh weird tragic but ultimately very fun to talk about yes this is right up my alley uh i had heard of it but i had not done any uh real deep dive research on it steve did you know or hear about the killdozer rampage yeah and we're asking you as a as a as a super intelligent car did you right. know about you were you fearing oh, yeah. for your life or were you just like I mean, solidarity brother <laughs> yeah well you know i've been working on the lot 
uh, recently, the parking lot. And, uh, <laughs> there's always talk of of Killdozer. Yeah. Cars and, are always like, just honk, They're always just hon- they're yeah. always just honking their honking yeah, their horns just, about it. We're always honking about Killdozer and like, is there going to be a movie version? Who would play the Killdozer? Just putting the brakes on it. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's it's every time you think it's gonna start, it gets it comes to a halt. Stalls out. Yeah, pump the brakes Stalls on out. Killdozer. Yeah. Uh, Guys, uh, we should write for Variety. We should write Variety headlines. <laughs> <laughs> but only Variety headlines related to Killdozer. Killdozer does kill trillion contract deal. Yeah. <laughs> Audience kill, kill. dozes on Killdozer, killing Killdozer. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much better. That's great. That's a good one. Uh, but for real, Steve, had you heard of this at all beforehand, or are you just like vaguely? When okay. it was brought up as an episode topic, it was like a oh yeah, which is crazy that like as I go back and like read the story and uh, and learn about Killdozer that it was ever. And that I never, that I had never gone on more of a Killdozer deep dive is crazy to me. Right. Um, I guess there's just, you know, so much happening in the world. It's hard to. Yeah. Um, I just in, in the interest of uh, catching listeners up, I would love to just doze through the story from start to finish. Yes. Please. Uh, okay. The, so the the road is yours. Oh. Take us on this journey. Wah, wah, out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, the Killdozer story, um, this is largely from uh, memory because it's just burned into my brain, is that uh, Marvin John Hemeyer was a uh, like a muffler shop owner in the town of Granby, Colorado. And um, he had like a bunch of zoning disputes with um, the town. There was like a concrete factory that um, was being built like kind of near his muffler factory. And he's somebody that like felt really, I guess you could say like slighted by the townspeople around him over the span of several years. I think there was even something where it's like uh, they like took down the like sewage line for his muffler shop and they were going to charge him like $80,000 to build a new one, the, the concrete factory. Um, was like built in such a way that it like blocked his muffler shop from the road. So he had to like build his own road to his own muffler shop. And a lot of this was like, you know, to him, like city council kind of messing with him to do this. So um, at a certain point, he basically decided that the way to solve this problem was to uh, secretly over the span of 18 months, build a, turn a bulldozer into a tank and use it to smite his enemies. Uh, So he, uh, on June 4th, 2004, um, had finished basically building this like insane bulldozer contraption. If you've ever played the video game Twisted Metal, this is very much a twisted metal for the PlayStation style contraption. He um, had the, like basically this like chassis made out of like, uh, I think it was like steel with concrete, like steel plates sandwiched between concrete lowered onto his bulldozer chassis uh, with like gun ports attached and like drove it through the wall of his muffler shop out into just like the greater town of Granby. The first place that he went was the concrete factory 
which he uh, you know had developed a feud with. And the owner of the concrete factory saw this killdozer coming. And by the way, by the way, uh, Hemeyer was building this in secret, so nobody knew that this was going to happen when it happened. But he just saw this like crazy bulldozer like thing ha- like plowing toward his concrete factory, and he was just like, "I knew this day would come." So he jumped into his own bulldozer, and they proceeded to like have a bulldozer fight. <laughs> uh, and then Granby like you know had gun ports, so he started like shooting at him. So the bulldozer, the concrete guy, was just like, oh, "I'm gonna get out of here." So then Granby just proceeded to like basically plow through this town. He tore down, like I think he crashed through City Hall, a library, the cement factory. Um, he didn't. He didn't kill anybody. Nobody. Nobody died over the course of this run. But he damaged a ton of property, and uh, like the the cops of the area tried to stop him, but he'd done like all sorts of crazy things. Like he'd covered the um, the the crazy armored chassis of his bulldozer with like grease. So whenever cops would try to like climb on board, they would like slip off of it. He had um, it was like completely sealed in, and he had like security cameras all around it, so he could like monitor people from every direction. I think that he even had like compressed air canisters like in front of the cameras, so if like dust would like get onto the camera, he could like blow it, uh, you know, blow it off or something like that. And um, like everybody up to the governor of Colorado was trying to figure out how to stop this guy because like small arms fire wasn't stopping him, and it got to the point where they were like. Oh, I think we're going to have to do, like, a missile strike against him. So they called up the U.S. military. They were, like, ready to go with, like, anti-take weapons to take this guy down. And um, right as that was about to happen, he basically, like, tried to drive through a general store and plowed through a wall. But then, like, one of the treads of his bulldozer kind of, like, fell just a little bit into the basement of it. So it kind of, like, high-centered the bulldozer a little bit. And, um, like, probably a minute after this, at this point, cops had surrounded him. Uh, cops heard, like, you know, a solitary gunshot, which was Haymeyer taking his own life, um, unfortunately. But he was, like, so heavily, like, I guess, like, covered in this thing that it took, like, days of them welding to get him out of it. And they were so worried about this character becoming a folk hero that, like, when they took apart the killdozer, they, like sent it to separate scrapyards around the country so people wouldn't take like souvenirs or build a statue of him because they were like oh on its face this sounds real cool and we don't people want people to like build a memorial to this maniac um so that's that's essentially long and sto- short the story of killdozer there was a netflix documentary that was released last year called i believe tread that went into it a little bit and it definitely painted the picture of he meyer being you know I guess you could say a little bit unhinged for having done this, which, you know, reading it, you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, somebody of sound mind probably wouldn't do that. And, um, you know, there is questions as to whether or not uh, he was actually slighted by these city council people or if he just is a crazy person, (laughs) which, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that's, uh, it's just such a, like, on its face, it's such a weird story of, like, a person fighting against government oppression, I guess, but in the form of, like, a crazy bulldozer that used to, like, level a city. Uh, but in addition to that, it's also just, like, you know, when you dig deep, it's like, oh, no, this is somebody that just, like, really should have gone to therapy <laughs> instead of doing this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you... We'll never really be able to know because all that we have is the information that was left with us before Marvin, unfortunately, took his own life. Um, and that rampage does conclude with a suicide. So, like, I do want to note that, like, it is upsetting and sad that a person would do this. It is, it can, but also duality. Two things can be true at once. It is also unbelievably hilarious 
that a man built a giant bulldozing tank and rampage through his entire hometown. It's like, how much spite does that take to spend 18 months retrofitting a bulldozer in secret? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, so Marvin was uh, like around Colorado and Grand Lake, ended up in Granby. Um, there were some friends that say he was like very likable. Um, his brother apparently stated at some point that he would quote unquote bend over backwards for anyone. However, there's other local residents that were like my, in particular, there's one that said my spouse was threatened by Hemeyer after refusing to pay for a disputed muffler repair. Um, so, you know, there's some hints earlier on about when, this man maybe isn't like, he, he's, he, he, he may be a people pleaser and also ready to destroy humanity. So yeah. when th there's also like uh, he over the span of building it, uh, like recorded audio tapes that um, the Netflix documentary uses a ton of them to tell the story. And uh, like, let's just say the audio tapes don't paint a picture of somebody of sound mind. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So we're dealing with, you know, uh, content warnings. Suicide, mental health issues, etc. Yeah, bulldozers. And, yeah, and and bulldozers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> what I guess that for me, like after, like after watching this, it is sort of this like, it, I think it opens up the conversation of like folk heroes in general, and it's sort of like, you know, like this is an extreme example of like, oh, on it, you know, like I guess this is a guy fighting against government oppression. Or is this story of just like, you know, an unchecked maniac? <laughs> and it's yeah. like, and it is just this weird, like, you know, because he, he has become, I think, a cult hero in a lot of sections of, you know, the internet, the world, etc. And like, thinking about it, yeah, that is like, I think a genuine, I think that that is genuine for like the townspeople to like, not want people to like, build a monument to this guy. Right. <laughs> um, but it is, uh, yeah, it's just, I, I think it's like an interesting, it's an interesting story with a lot of different levels to it, you know? Do you, either of you feel like there's a cult hero, maybe not on this level of notoriety, but somebody like that in your hometowns? So anybody that you can think of that sort of falls into a, a Hemeyer camp, maybe not for doing this specific kind of thing, but just somebody where it's, oh yeah, in, in 1948, so and so, blah 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 blah. I guess that for me, it's sort of like, you know, I feel like when you're in like, uh, this is very loosely related, but it's sort of like, you know, senior pranks or whatever, where it's mm -hmm. sort of like, I remember, like a legendary senior prank at my high school was like. Uh, in the center of my school, there's like kind of a stair pool kind of thing that probably at some point was supposed to be a fountain. Just the school never finished it. So there was just this weird, like kind of uh, like swimming pooly thing on a pedestal in the center of the school. And um, as a senior prank, a bunch of the students like had a uh, Volkswagen bug that was like disassembled, basically like push they like picked it up and carried it into this thing and then covered it in cement and it was sort of like as kids we were like oh that's real funny good prank but then as an adult i'm like oh that sucks that, so that like some adult had to like spend their weekend 
chiseling this bug out of this like swimming pool. Joey, I had no idea that your high school is the one where Jason Momoa's father, also a Volkswagen bug, <laughs> died. Yeah. yeah, that was Jason Momoa's father. That was problematic for two reasons. Is my high school friends killed Jason Momoa's father <laughs> and buried him in cement in the center of my high school. They're fucking murderers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of grappling. There's a lot of problematic people I'm grappling with on this episode, I guess. <laughs> Steve, what about you? Any hometown heroes folklore or otherwise also can fall in the prank category i mean we um loaded jason momoa's mother uh with cement and drove her into a lake but um besides that no um no i can't really think of anything from my hometown the only uh no I, I know that Dr. Sanjay Gupta is from my hometown. He went to the same high school as me, so maybe he's, he's my killdozer. Just as problematic as Killdozer. He bulldozes ignorance. He bulldozes ignorance and kills uh, a lack of medical ethics. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but otherwise, no. Um, I wish, because I, I totally understand the again the duality of it like it's definitely an unwell man who needed help that he didn't get but there's also like i do understand the idea of seeing like this anti-establishment hero who is like you know what screw your town screw your rules i'm i'm bulldozing it um so I guess I shouldn't say I wish there was somebody like that from my town because that would mean like wishing tragedy upon my town. But like, I do like, you know, there is something appealing about having like a hometown kind of uh, folk hero like that. I, I don't want to say hero, hometown legend. I guess legend yeah. isn't much better than yeah. hero, but yeah, you a hometown god of men. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that like the, and, and once again, these are like lower stakes versions of the thing. But um, do you remember in like 2017, 2018-ish, when that guy climbed up on the sign um, right over the 101, uh, yes. 110 freeway? Do you yes. guys remember that? Yes. So like, he's an example of, he's, I forget his name, but like, I remember that something where like, that guy did that and... Um, there are a bunch of cool pictures of him like dancing on this like sign. Cop cars had to like pull up and like they had to like get like a firefighter with or a, with a fire truck with a ladder to like come up and try to get him down from the sign overlooking, you know, probably one of the busiest freeway interchanges in the country, I wouldn't doubt. And um, like there's a photo of him backflipping off of the sign onto like a crash pad while pointing at a camera on a hill and like then. Like the following day, he released a rap music video, like of him, because uh, he was apparently all, like, recording, also recording a rap music video on the sign. And he became, like, I think on Twitter, kind of a folk hero, especially the photo of him, like, upside down doing a backflip off the sign out of police grasp while pointing at a camera and winking into a crash pad, where it's like, oh, that's like a cool dude that Twitter loved. And then, um, but then you, like, think about it and you're like, oh, that guy, like, really held up traffic for, like, thousands of people for six hours that yes. is annoying that sucks yeah is that, is that a guy we should give attention to uh so patrick brower 
is the author of the book Killdozer, the true story of the Colorado Bulldozer Rampage. And he did some interviews and he talked about Marvin a bit and basically said once he opened this muffler repair business in Granby in 1992, he immediately got politically involved in issues and was initially involved in trying to support the effort to bring legalized gambling to Grand Lake. And then shortly after, he got involved in trying to sell property that he had bought at an auction to his neighbors. And then in trying to get that stuff sold, he ended up fighting with those neighbors because he wanted to build a concrete batch plant right next to his two pl- two acre plot, or I, I'm sorry, I guess the neighbors wanted to build the concrete plant right next to his land. And that was apparently a very public fight and it went through the Granby town board. And in the course of that fight, he didn't always get his way. So then he sues the towns, sues those neighbors, loses the lawsuits, and then just kind of goes over the edge. So like this has been building for a good decade or more about like this specific fight with the city. Do we feel like he's at all justified in going through these lawsuits or do we feel like this is just a guy who like maybe he should have just sold those those two when, acres? When they, there are there are other parts of the story where I think the guy I think the concrete plant owner either was on city council or like related to somebody on city mm. council. So like I think that that was part of Hemeyer's gripe, and I think that what like once again on its face paints a clear story of like a man standing up against government corruption or whatever, you know. Like, but you watch the documentary, and they like interviewed a lot of these city council people, the Netflix documentary, and like a lot of them were like, yeah, this stuff that he's talking about never happened. <laughs> Like, um, right. like, like there's like, a, I think specifically like an uh, altercation in a bar that like he Meyer talks about a lot on his tapes that like all the city council people are like, oh yeah, that never happened. Literally he walked past us and walked outside. We did not talk to him. <laughs> like, so, you know, I mean like it kind of, I think that, um, you know, it's tough to say like is, was he Meyer like, you know, did he make this stuff up or... Uh, did he maybe experience something outside of the realms of reality? Uh, or are these like just small town politicians who are like lying so as not to look bad? You know, like mm-hmm. um, it's yeah, like I think it is just a story with like a lot of interesting levels to it as to like, you know, where like regardless of what happened, like it was definitely not so bad as to warrant a bulldozer rampage. <laughs> um, like, but it is like, oh, where where did he have legitimate gripes and where, like, was he actually getting, like, screwed by the city or is he just, like, a guy with a lot of rage inside him, you know? Yeah, yeah. It seems like, from what I can tell, he was going to sell this land to this neighbor to build a concrete batch plant for $250,000. And according to uh, the neighbor, he might have changed his mind and then went, actually, I want to sell it for $375,000. And then somehow that became, actually, I want $1 million. And this negotiation happened right before there was a rezoning proposal that was supposed to be heard by the city council. And that, to me, makes me go, I don't know. Don't renege on your promises, dude. If you're gonna sell for two hundred fifty thousand, I can see a world where if you came to me and said, "Actually, it's one million, 
uh, I might go, what? No, but you said 250,000. But I, I just, I, I just feel like, like it, in this case, I have to side with the neighbors a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I think like, and I, I'm going to just say right now, anytime that I seem distracted because I found new footage of Killdozer going around the town of Granby. And, and it's so, and it's, and, it's, and it's awesome, right? It's so cool. It's like watching a video. It is very much watching. It is, yeah. it is twisted metal without a doubt. Yeah. I think um, that's another thing is it's like, there's, you know, like, I guess that all, I don't think that it's controversial for me to say that there is something really engrossing about watching police chase footage. Like mm. it's especially if you're watching like a live police chase, like there is just, you know, and I think there's part of us that's just like, we hope they get away, you know, like I I've had jobs where in the slack, in the main slack where it's like 500 people work at this company, somebody will link to a live police footage and quite literally everyone will stop working unless it is an absolute uh, emergency deadline to watch the police chase. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This happened multiple, multiple, multiple times where they'd be like, we got another one. And then people would race to make comments on what was happening. And every single time it was just like, I think this weird combination of uh, being absolutely fascinated and the grotesqueness of it all. Well, and I think that like, I think that Killdozer to me signifies the most extreme version of that mm -hmm. in that it's like one it's just like visually nuts because he's like plowing through the sides of buildings and stuff <laughs> and he also is like driving this like insane death machine that like does not look like it looks like you look at it and you're like oh yeah this definitely drove out of the bowels of hell like you know it's just <laughs> crazy for like 70 and like just like jarring um mm -hmm. but uh to what you were saying this is where i think you know, it's like uh, like on its face, you could you can just like look at the facts of it, and you're just like, wow, hell yeah! But like, there are stories like that that you mentioned, like the the altercation that you mentioned um, over the muffler bill um, that was like uh, I mentioned earlier, um, and there are also other things like the, the Netflix documentary mentions that like um, he uh, Apparently, like, there was a local news reporter for the newspaper that, uh, like, was doing a story about the land dispute, the muffler shop, and stuff like that. And um, He Mayor was, uh, you know, like, he interviewed He Mayor and, like, definitely, like, felt for the guy. So he basically offered to, I think, do, like, a free ad for him in the newspaper or something like that. Give him, like, a free, like, one-eighth of a page ad for his muffler shop or whatever, just, like, to help him out. And um, Hemeyer, I think, like, like either didn't follow up or didn't give the right information. So, like, a month later when the ad wasn't posted, Hemeyer got, like, real aggro toward this reporter. And, like, finally the reporter was like, okay, like, sure, whatever. Here's a quarter-page ad, whatever. Like, it's fine. And then I think that, like, this like newspaper was like on his list of buildings to blow over oh my god from like because he like didn't give a news free newspaper ad to he Meyer fast enough so right. it's like you look at stuff like that and you're like oh like if you like like look at the things it's sort of like you know the small town corruption stuff like that like regardless of whether he had a legitimate gripe or not it's just like he spent 18 months building a kill a, uh, like a murder machine yeah so it's yeah. like you know was his gripe that legitimate 
probably not. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about the murder machine for just a bit. So, so (laughs) so there's been at least a decade or more of various gripes. We'll put it that way. Whether that's uh, Hemeyer acting a certain way towards his local citizens, whether a slight real or perceived between him and the city council. Um, like there was another thing where he got fined because apparently um, the Buffalo shop wasn't hooked up to a sewer line or something like that. And then it like cost him quite a bit of money to have to reconnect that so, stuff. And that, another, that's another the kind fact- of thing where I go, yeah, I kind of see where Granby would get pissed off about that when they're like, oh, hey, I've been running the shop for 10 years. Guess what? You don't have a sewer line that works. And- also, another fact about Hemeyer, he famously uh, didn't have to poop. Uh, that was uh, <laughs> big. <laughs> so he didn't need that sewer line. He was like, I don't need it. Never shit. And he's like, no. I don't understand why I got to build a line so other people can shit. Because I yeah. don't. That was what uh, I'm going to say 70% of the Netflix documentary was about him. It was about him <laughs> not having to shit. <laughs> yeah, he really goes. He really goes hard on the not having to shit aspect like he goes around his kitchen he shows you all the foods he eats and it's like it doesn't do anything i don't know where it goes big bag of probiotic prunes yeah doesn't affect me at all yeah it's like i would say it goes straight through me but it doesn't i don't know where it goes (laughs) (laughs) i've always wondered if maybe it was going to my brain but i don't think that's it (laughs) anyway anyway i'm gonna go build this killdozer bye everybody Um, I'm looking back again just to kind of make sure I've got my story straight, which is, okay, so a few years prior to the Killy machine, um, there's a zoning commission and the town's trustees that approved the construction of that concrete plant, which was opposite to the shop. And so Hemeyer appealed the decision unsuccessfully for many years because he had used that adjacent property as a way to get to his muffler shop, even though I guess he had sold that land to a friend or said he was going to. Still not entirely sure there. So in addition to his own frustration, because he's like, I used this space to get in and out of work. I think the deal was that he sold the land and used it to buy the initial killdozer, like the main bulldozer that like all the concrete and stuff was on. Mm -hmm. But he like made a deal with the person that he sold it to that was basically like, hey, is it cool if I just keep this muffler shop here and like still do my muffler shop work for a couple of years? And like that was like a deal that was made. Ah, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So then when the Granby government finds him for um, having a bunch of junk cars, not being sucked up to the sewer line, because even though he doesn't have shit, other people do. um, That, I think, is really what triggered was the trigger that got pulled for this guy to be like, okay, hello, bulldozer. I bought you a few years ago. It's time to go to fucking town. So, yes, let's talk about the bulldozer itself. What do you remember about the bulldozer and its modifications? So, um, I mentioned it up top. This is a Komatsu D3358 bulldozer. Mm-hmm. That um, it, it was definitely like an older bulldozer, that, um, but still like, you know, had a lot, of, a lot of power behind it. Um, you know, it was a bigger bulldozer as far as bulldozers go. And um, his modifications to it are... He basically built like an armored chassis to go over it. So like kind of like a, a suit of armor to be lowered onto this bulldozer that was um, uh, concrete sandwiched behind two sheets of like steel um, that was designed to protect it from like any sort of small arms fire. He also built, like I said, security cameras kind of all over this thing so that he could see kind of what's happening at all times because like he was 
pretty sealed into this thing, so he couldn't necessarily like look out a viewport. He had to look through these cameras in order to see kind of like where he was going, what he was doing. And then yeah, the cameras, um, like he he really like the level of I mean, once again, eighteen months worth of spite. Like that's a lot of time to think of every potential thing to do with this. Um, he had like uh, like air nozzles uh, placed around the cameras so he could blow away any any debris that got on the cameras. They were like gun ports with rifles like all over this thing. Um, I think that he like basically like you know like I said the the chassis was covered in grease so people couldn't climb onto it. Um, and like I think that like the uh, I think that once he uh, got into it, I think that he like welded like he basically like welded the uh, entry point of it shut just with the assumption of like oh yeah I'm not getting out of this thing. <laughs> so he put like a lot of time and effort into. Uh, this crazy contraption. Yeah, uh, lots of concrete sandwiched between sheets of tool steel so that he's basically creating composite armor and then a ton of explosives and small arms fire attached. Uh, something like the ability to shoot off 200 rounds of ammunition at the bulldozer. Um, uh, something, something along the lines of like him being able to how do I get this right? Um, I'm sorry. The headline that I found. This, this is terrible. The headline that I found that I'm like reading through to make sure I got my story straight just says, man who bulldozed through Colorado town is dead. R.I.P. R.I.P. We miss you. <laughs> we miss it's just, you. It's just such an insane headline. Man who bulldozes town is dead. Anyway, okay, so. Yeah, yeah everything been- about this story is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like, there isn't a part of this story that's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty normal. Yeah, I, okay, I'm having trouble trying to figure it out. It's, it's something to the effect of he built this thing so well so that you could shoot at it and throw explosives at it and it wouldn't get damaged. Yeah, like, to Um, to the point that the governor of Colorado was, like, seriously talking to the army about having to missile strike this thing. Right. Um, There's something, I guess this, I wonder if this comes from the audio tapes, but at some point, he, Haymeyer said, it's interesting to observe I was never caught. This is a part-time project over a year and a half time period. And the fact that, like, nobody was like, what you making there, Marvin? Hey, Marv, what's going on in your backyard? What you doing over there at your shop? Like, nobody bothered him. They were just like, there's there's that man who runs, runs the muffler shop. Hmm, got bulldozer. <laughs> yeah, I wonder the, what he's going to do with it. Yeah, there's, the, there's, that, there's that angry man who, like, <laughs> from, like, let's say 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. every morning, we hear welding and swearing inside of his muffler shop and <laughs> mutters of the phrase, I'm going to get everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm, what could he be what, up to? Yeah, wonder what's going on in there. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, and again, this guy built this thing after he had had enough because the land near his muffler shop got zoned for a concrete plant and he had used that area as a shortcut between his house and the muffler shop. And he kept petitioning the city for several years to have the property rezoned simply so he could keep a shortcut. Uh, I didn't hear that part of the story. That's, I mean, look, how, how much did this shortcut save on his commute? <laughs> <laughs> 
That's what I'm inferring here. That's what I'm inferring. I'm sure there are, again, like, uh, as I tried to go over the, the complicated like, reasoning oh, behind all like, this. It's like, oh, if it was like from a five minute drive to a 25 minute drive, oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I might build a killdozer for that. I, like I know, a tiny I know Steve dozer. would. Steve's thinking about it. I would. <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely would. I mean, I'd build a. I, I don't know about like all of that, but I would definitely, if I could have a, if I could afford a bulldozer just to like for everyday traffic, I probably would, you know, it's not going to, yeah, I'm, I'm not against the, the proposal. I'll say um, right. Right. It's also in LA in this. Have you seen LA traffic? Yeah. Oh, believe yeah. me. Bulldozers in this economy. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Could I get like a kill go kart, like a kill cart? <laughs> Uh, a kill it's moped just, it's open air but then around the sides are just like pieces of steel but you can still see the top of joey's head powering that moped um yeah uh <laughs> yeah so it's not very it does not protect me from small arms fire no 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 no, no. certainly uh, not your head maybe your body depending on yeah, where yeah. you yeah it's like my my sweet sweet torso is safe <laughs> Um, uh, a few things that uh, I wanted to mention is that uh, you were mentioning the headline of uh, man bulldozes or man who bulldozed town dead or whatever yes. is like that's not really that much of an exaggeration like he destroyed 13 buildings in Granby Colorado that's yeah. a lot of buildings he did 7 million dollars worth of damage to a small town and like this is a small town, so like seven million dollars goes a long way in a small town. He knocked out the natural gas service, uh, and he damaged so much other property for like two hours, two hours, and uh, some odd minutes. And you're in this town, and you're just like do do do, going about my day in Granby, gonna get a sandwich in Granby. Gonna holy shit! We, Nadia, we know Nadia. We know that you used to work for the Tourism Commission of Granby, Colorado. You uh, can just say it. You don't have to fit your jingles that you got paid thousands upon thousands of dollars to write about getting a sandwich in Granby. Just say it. You don't have to be so yeah, coy. We I'm know. just saying, Granby, Colorado is home to the famous sandwiches, and you can get them <laughs> driving through wait, town. Wait, the Nadia, famous sandwiches. Grandwiches. Oh, uh, wait, Nadia. If you were part of the, I mean, you were a part of the Granby Tourist Board, which is a mm -hmm. fact that we all know. Mm -hmm. So, like in that case, why didn't you build a Killdozer monument? People would pay to see that. <laughs> yeah, Detroit has a. Uh, I donated to the GoFundMe. The Detroit now has a RoboCop statue somewhere, um, and I think if Detroit can have RoboCop, I don't know why you you didn't build that. That Killdozer statue. You know, I wasn't a full-time resident. I was just commuting in. And I felt like it wasn't oh. my fight to fight. Oh, know? got it. Yeah, you did it remotely. But I, I'm very much in support. Um, what my, I, my old grandheads back home. Uh, in Granby. Nadia, uh, how did you commute? <laughs> Where did, did you commute from L.A.? What did you yeah, take? I how did you... I mean, the uh, sandwiches of Granby must be pretty good if you're willing to fly in there every oh, day. Oh, man. Denver's the Mile High City, but these are Mile High sandwiches, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, you've had sex with a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just want to give a shout out. That uh, joke was dedicated to the Grand Beehive. Uh, to all our listeners in Granby, the Grand Beehive. 
Um, but uh, yeah, something else that's like I think interesting to talk about with this story, and this is something that like my the more information that I find about it, the more that I definitely am like siding with like the town, and this was a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, because I'm kind of basing it off like, oh, the first time that I heard about this was literally just like a five minute TLC package that just like focused on this bulldozer destroying stuff. Um, and you know, like there are a lot of people that make the point of like, oh, Granby or uh, like uh, he Meyer, uh, you know, didn't kill anybody. He just did a ton of property damage. Um, so like in, in like people are saying like, oh, he said that like he wasn't trying to hurt people. He was trying to like make a point or whatever. But then you see, like, you know, like, facts of the story of, like, oh, then why do you have gun ports on his thing? Why did he, like, have a rifle we could shoot, like, 200 bullets a minute? <laughs> like, there was a point where um, they talk about this in the documentary where, like, he's, uh, like, shooting, like, he's trying to, like, blow up a propane plant or something by, like, shooting bullets at the tanks and stuff like that that's, like, really close to an old folks home or whatever. So it's, like... Yeah, you know, it's like uh, I think that that uh, takes uh, takes um, Hemeyer from a problematic fave to just problematic. Yeah, it's uh, when you start to read the account of what exactly happened to the town, which we're going to get into just shortly. It is truly an assault on a town. Like it is not just hey, this one guy had a bad day and then went somewhere, and that was unfortunate. It's like no, this man planned for well over 18 months to build this thing to take down these citizens with like the full intent most likely of harming you know like there there was yeah. no there's no part whether of whether or not <laughs> yeah whether or not you plan you wanted to or didn't want to hurt people this is not a plan where it's easy to avoid hurting people like when you're just plowing a bulldozer into the front of a store you can't just be like, well, you know, I don't want anyone to get hurt. I just want to destroy the store. You know, there's right. other ways to, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, there's other ways. And they usually don't involve driving an 85-ton armed bulldozer through the streets of a town and having, like, rifles mounted on top of that tank uh, and then firing a 50 caliber at a state trooper or firing at uh, the sheriff's department head and running over a new truck just purchased by the sheriff's department although i gotta say that's a pretty rad move that's a pretty rad move yeah that's the thing that's that's the thing is like oh but you go through the like you go through the stuff of like oh yeah this is clearly like maybe not a guy we should cheer for but then you see stuff like that and you're like but that's pretty rad (laughs) yeah yeah the thing that i'm like less rad about is there was a library that had children in it and he didn't know who was in or the buildings or not, but the library, the Granby Library, was located in the basement of Granby Town Hall. And apparently, like, only a couple minutes before he smashed it into the side of that building and totaled it, there were five kids who had to be evacuated out of the building because they heard this bulldozer was coming. Yeah, I think that the, um, the, uh, the, the, mag- the newspaper of Granby, the reporter talks about, like, they didn't have any advanced warning that he was coming. They just like looked out the window and saw this crazy bulldozer barreling toward them. And they were like, we got to get out of here that I think, I think that might be uh, coming for us. So like when they were running out the back door of this newspaper, the bulldozer was driving through the front of it. Wild, 
Yeah, wild. yeah. yeah. Uh, um, what el- what oh, other uh, bits of? Oh, go on, go on. Wait, uh, but I guess on the other side of it. Are we going too far? Is cancel culture going too far by canceling Killdozer? <laughs> I can't wait for, uh, <laughs> yeah. The, if Killdozer was a YouTuber, would we have? Would he? Would he have lasted like three days with the comments that people could have given him? I mean, honestly, now that you like. One of the things that has been very um, concerning to me while watching those YouTube videos a few minutes ago, the comments are like, oh, this is why this is why um, well thinking, well intentioned adults like Joey, Steve and Nadia can't enjoy aspects of this story is because you look at the YouTube comments that are like, uh, like one guy was arguing with himself, uh, not arguing oh, with himself. Fun. One guy, oh, that's fun. one guy posted like, "Oh, I guess the government should have just given him the money, the two hundred thousand dollars or whatever, because now they owe, now they have to pay seven million. Then he responded to himself with like another like thought, and somebody was like, "What are you talking about? Your comment doesn't have anything to do with what the OP just said." And then he responds and says, "I am the OP. What are you talking about?" And just like you keep scrolling down, and there's another one that's like, "Well, he's not dead." <laughs> What? Uh, like he he faked his death. Um, oh, it was not a suicide. Oh, wait, like there, there's, oh, there there are killdozer truthers. Hell yeah, there are killdozer truthers. Um, so I mean, it is a much more robust uh, ecosystem than we were than we originally yeah. thought. Now so I'm, be careful now, what you say about like YouTube comments because they are there and they yeah, are proving why we, why we can't have nice you know. So I'm seeing a I'm seeing a killdozer. The first killdozer video that came up, comments are turned off. So that's probably not a good smart. (laughs) Yeah, uh, let's see this killdozer video. Uh, I'm very excited to look at these comments. Uh, Oh, the comments are on. Uh, You could buy killdozer T-shirts. I'm not sure if that's a good thing to put to sell. Uh, Yeah. uh, Wait, what does the T-shirt say? Uh, Let's see. Uh, Killdozer T-shirt. I will send it. I almost got killdozed in Granby, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. Uh, Nadia, you should know you were in charge of those. That was part of the tourism. Uh, that was a different department. Yikes. There are definitely Killdozer t-shirts that you can buy. Probably not licensed. How dare they? I'll drop in the chat so you can all react at once. Uh, I'm not going to promote where you could buy these because I feel like buying these isn't a thing that people should do. No. <laughs> Ethically bad idea to purchase. But yeah. you can hear us react to them as this page slowly loads. Oh, yikes. Yeah, one of the things that he says in his, uh, I guess, manifesto is sometimes reasonable men must do unreasonable things, which is, <laughs> yeah, which, and that's yeah. definitely in big letters on the front of this T-shirt. <laughs> that is not good. So, yeah, None of these oh. shirts are good. We've got the uh, we've got the right wingers being like, well, he didn't kill anyone property can be replaced right wasn't this just peaceful protesting which is like this was posted seven months ago stop trying to like people clearly came here to egg on like the left as well we need a fleet of these in american citizens hands today what (laughs) to be honest the city deserved it uh this is wild yeah after looking at the story i'm on his side 
this is why we don't uh, make this guy a hometown hero with a statue. Is this shit. Yeah, I'm, yeah, uh, I'm seeing a comment. Uh, he didn't hurt anyone. He had good reason for his actions. He only attacked the ones that did him wrong. <laughs> Uh, and, then, and, then, and then same comment definitely doesn't count as a terrorist to me oh boy uh, I declare oh June boy. 4th as Killdozer Day in, in Colorado not even the city the whole state <laughs> I didn't know that we could just declare those things great I wish he didn't die sad winking face oh god Oh. Uh, but you know the, uh, the t-shirts remind me of um, like because it is a thing where it's like Oh, I wish I could just have a have. So there's also the there's a a conspiracy theory group called Birds Aren't Real that think that birds are all like drones and that they're spying on us and stealing our information. And I would love, love a Birds Aren't Real T-shirt, but I can't buy that T-shirt without supporting the in like I I can't. I can think that's a really funny, amusing thing and wish I had a shirt that said birds aren't real. But to buy a shirt that says um, uh, birds aren't real on it is supporting a movement of people that truly believe that birds charge themselves. That's why they sit on power lines. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that does like, make sense. There, there that, are is, that, is, that is why birds sit on power lines. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's when limits I, to the amount of fun we can have with this kind of stuff because then you get people saying every American should have a killdozer yeah. in their house. Yeah, I'm also seeing um, a comment that's just like, why'd they destroy the killdozer? They should have put it next to the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in like. In the middle of the ocean. That's just. Yeah. On your way to Staten Island, just jutting out. This <laughs> killdozer. Give yeah. me your tired. Give me your poor. Give me give your, your... killdozers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yearning guess... to smashy smash. I guess that this is like, this is a, I'm excited to talk about this because I had not even thought about how toxic the killdozer fandom on the internet must be. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like, it's wild. Yeah, it is like, it's sort of like my, you know, it's like, yeah, you look at the story, like, and you, you know, with like just the base facts. And I think that in terms of just like, I guess that it, I guess that it speaks probably not in a great way to like the American ideal, if people are holding this up as the American ideal, right? I think what it does is it speaks to something that has been happening for quite some time, which is that uh, you have a large section of American population, many of whom are white and male, who were promised the world and are now realizing that the world sucks. And instead of blaming the usual culprits, like, say, capitalism, uh, being unable to tax the wealthy, not giving enough programs so that things like uh, your health insurance is not tied to your job, that kind of thing. Those things become irrelevant. And the thing to do is blame marginalized communities and people whom are have always historically been picked on, so to speak. Those who have been colonized, those who have been uh, what, however you want to put it. And like, instead of saying, hey, the system is bad let's change the system it's no 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 
this uh, immigrant population is bad. This indigenous population is bad. Um, this group of people is bad. Uh, this gender identity, this uh, sexuality spectrum is bad. Women are bad, whatever. They're the reason why I don't get to have blah, 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 blah. And there's a little bit of that that I'm sensing here, which so, is just kind of the sa same crew, same crew of people. Yeah. So basically, this is like the personification of the meme, like men will literally build a killdozer instead of going to therapy. Very much so. Yes. As a, if if uh, Marvin had just been like, listen, I get angry a lot and I don't know what to do and I'd like to change that. I don't know that we'd have a killdozer situation on our hands um, because... The problem is, in a capitalist society, the individual is supposed to have autonomy and take control and do your own thing, right? Except that we're at the mercy of a very select few at the very, very, very top. And I mean, like, the, the ultra-rich and the Jeff Bezos of the world and such that end up keeping things in a specific way to benefit them right so a poor guy like marvin is sitting there going like i own a muffin shop i own this property and the way he ends up perceiving uh, a slight the way he ends up perceiving what uh, uh this whole giant fight that happened with the city town uh, with the town council is like oh everything that i <laughs> everything that i've worked for everything that i believe in is being stripped away from me which is categorically untrue okay like he sold land the city improved construction of a concrete plant yeah, like, on the he land still he made hundreds those hundreds of thousands of dollars on the deal of selling the land like yeah that, he made I, he that, made money on that right yeah because i think he bought the shop for like eighty thousand, and he sold it for like i think that when he sold the land he sold it for like kind of the original agreed upon deal which was like two hundred fifty thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars or whatever um so it's like I don't know, dude, buy a house in a different town. <laughs> like, Yeah, and he had like kept negotiating for higher rates, and then eventually, I don't even know if he got those rates, but he still made money on this thing. And then is like, hey, this land I've used for the past nine years is a shortcut between my house and my muffler shop is going to be turned into a concrete plant. I know what I'll do. Instead of looking inward for just a moment and going, maybe I have an issue here. He's going to say, no, no, it's the townspeople who are wrong. Wait, I think it's, I'm, I'm looking at a comment right now that says, this man should have a statue, defines the American spirit, which is like crazy, but also I think not inaccurate on the American spirit part, but like in a bad, like it's sort of like, oh, that doesn't say great things about the American spirit, you know, like. Yes. It, it, it is just this weird, like, and it's, I think, I want to say it's like a morphing of what the American spirit has become, but it's like, maybe it's not that. It's just like, I don't know, it's just like this great level of, like, selfishness and only watching out for yourself and, like, F everybody else. And it's like, you know, uh, your individual rights are important to the point of if it, like, affects anybody else in a negative way, F them. It's just like this weird... I don't know. I, I think that the more that I'm talking about it, the more I'm thinking, F this guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean what you, he you, needed, <laughs> he needed a therapist to say, hey, you know what we need to kill those is those, those walls dogs. around your, yeah. Yeah, yeah those yeah. walls. <laughs> kill those, those walls keeping you away from your 
uh, true potential. Yeah. <laughs> the walls that you built up around your heart. That's maybe what they're tumbling the down. <laughs> Uh, Joe, I think you make an excellent point, though. The idea that we value individuality over the collective means that somebody can go, my rights, me, only me, specifically me, are more important than anybody else's. And the problem is, if everybody thinks that, then who is correct, right? Like, if everybody's rights, if my rights are greater than Steve's rights, and Steve's rights are greater than my rights, and Steve's rights are greater than Joey's rights because we just believe this shit because we believe that individual rules all. How are all these millions of individuals supposed to collectively work together in a society? Like, say, in a town. Like, say, in Granby. You know, home of the Granby Mile High Sandwiches. <laughs> come um, down to Granby's it- Diner where your sandwich will come with a side of ketchup and mustard. You can mix them together to create a sweet little treat. I don't want ketchup or I don't think I ever want ketchup on a sandwich. Yeah, that sounds gross. You do. And also, I don't usually want my ketchup and mustard on the side. (laughs) Actually, I uh, in that case, I retract my earlier statement. Uh, Marvin was right for destroying (laughs) the town. Uh, yeah, ketchup on the side of a sandwich, gross. <laughs> Killdoze that town. Um, yeah, I don't know. It is, I think that it is, uh, yeah, like I've said it a ton, but this is such an interesting story and there are so many levels to it as to. It's the, it's the theater of it. It's so theatrical. Like it's yeah. not, it, it's not just that, like, there are plenty of stories about tragedies because we can't get our fucking gun control under control uh but there's so many versions of a story like this that end and this story does end tragically don't get me wrong it's it's a shame that it it led to him being in a place where he felt he had to take his own life but so many stories of of this are the guy would get a gun and go on a rampage and so the theatricality of building this killdozer to destroy buildings in and of itself is highly amusing because it's just so theatrical and so different. Um, But yeah, it is one of those things where you just scratch a little under the surface and it's like, Oh gosh, there goes the fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it is also just like looking at the YouTube comments just now, it's just like, Oh yeah, I'm not sure if I want to like, be on the same team as the people who love this for maybe the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, it's the same. It's the same as um. what's that frog meme that got taken away. It's kind of uh, like, Pepe. well, I guess I can't like Pepe anymore. Not yeah. that I ever did. That was a terrible example, but yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. Too bad. It's not 2015 when we could just like Killdozer with impunity. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I uh, I forgot the part where he destroyed the home of a former mayor of Granby. <laughs> so not even the current mayor. Yeah, he but was the just, former mayor. Yeah, he's just well, like the, oh, the mayor at the time that, that these. Yeah, well, I'm sure that he was the mayor when most of these grievances happened. Yeah, it's like right. me and the, me and the current mayor, we cool. The former mayor, though, prepare to get killed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, wild. Did story. you guys know? You must, but. 
it, uh, there are four different entries, um, five different entries for Killdozer for um, Wikipedia. One of them is a uh, 1974 made for TV horror film um, called Killdozer with an exclamation point. Uh, the and um, the other is a band based on the named after the film, and then a short story that the film is named after. So Killdo and then Armored Bulldozers are also nicknamed Killdozers, apparently. But um, yeah, long before. Long before Marvin had his killdozer in nineteen seventy-four, there's a made for TV movie. Um, a meteorite crashes onto the Earth's surface on an island off the coast of Africa because we need to, you know, obviously that's how we make things seem scary and different is by is by putting them in other countries. Um, countless years later, after natural forces have buried it and restored the local environment, six construction workers are boated to the island to begin work on an airstrip for oil drilling. And then a bulldozer um comes to malevolent life and destroys the camp's only two-way radio and begins a rampage <laughs> it seems to run indefinitely in spite of oh it says it seems to run indefinitely in spite of a limited fuel capacity i read it is it seems to run indefinitely on spite <laughs> <laughs> I no, was really that's... into that. Just a spite-fueled killdozer. No, just I mean Marvin's I, ran. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say yeah, spite. Marvin. Yeah, Marvin definitely ran on spite. He didn't. He didn't need to eat, so he didn't need to poop. So uh, yeah, so spite. <laughs> now we know why. Yeah, yeah. So the short story version, uh, I think. Yeah, that is what I think the movie is based on, mm -hmm. and. Yeah, in 2020, Killdozer won a retro Hugo Award for Best Novella, even though a different critic or um, person of note, uh, a Scottish writer and editor of science fiction named John Grant, considers the Killdozer story to be, quote unquote, hugely overrated. Um, uh, haters feel... gonna hate. <laughs> I was gonna say, do we think that our Killdozer story is overrated? Because I say no. no. I say that it's a it's a tale of caution, a parable, if you will, for our modern times. Yeah, especially like I mean, that was two thousand four. Just thinking about how many uh, 15, 16, 17 We're twenty twenty one. Seventeen years ago. Um, but just like how, like, an internet and social media and YouTube and all comments and stuff were already wild by 2004. But how things are now in the 2020s, I'm wouldn't be surprised if we have more Killdozer esque, you know, a Killdozer <sighs> Renaissance, if you will. Kill yeah, Killdozer Renaissance. I mean, these the Killdozers are the same people who, you know, what happens is when a Killdozer has, when somebody who wants to make a Killdozer has access to other like-minded people um, like they do in 2021, that's how you get Parlor, and that's how you get, like, an insurrection on January 6th. Um, so, like, I feel like if only we could go back to a simpler day where you couldn't connect with so many people on on such negative horrible uh thoughts and instead we're forced to just go be alone in your garage and work on a build bulldozer 
Right. Yeah, it's like, what if this guy, what if instead he was just a 4chan troll, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's this one bakery owner who said that Hemeyer went out of his way not to harm anyone. And obviously, I think the sheriff's department argued that like, yeah, okay, well, nobody got hurt, but the intent was definitely to fuck shit up. Um, especially if like something had happened with the tank itself, it could have like ruptured and exploded and that explosion could have endangered lives. And, uh, uh, to, to your point earlier, Joey, there was like that senior citizens complex that was definitely within range where all these people could have been hurt. Uh, do we feel like he was definitely trying to not hurt people, but rather hurt the buildings? Or do we think that this man is just off his rocker and it doesn't matter who gets it his way? Uh, I mean, I think that, uh, like, I think that once you're to the point where you have four different gun ports in your killdozer you spent 18 <laughs> months building and you're firing <laughs> rifle rounds at police, it's like, yeah, you're probably like, other people's safety and health is probably not top of mind. Right. Yeah. I would think so. I would think so. Well, But also, like, what would we say to somebody who might try to argue a well, killdozers don't kill people. People inside of killdozers kill people. Like, do we think that there's any argument to be made there as far as, uh, hey, he was just destroying property. He was, he's just get, it's getting his rocks off. I honestly, I, I've been to Rage Grounds in downtown LA where you pay and they just put you in a little room with a bat and a bunch of like, you get a printer, you get a bunch of glasses. I think we had a mirror and you just go to town destroying stuff. And it's very fun and very therapeutic. And the Kardashians have been there. Um, so I'm not totally against. I would if there was a, just a town that was just abandoned because of like a CO2 leak or something, not violent or uh, and, and nobody died. It was just an abandoned town. But you could pay to go bulldoze it. That'd be pretty fun. Yeah, I'd spend $1,000 on bulldozing a building. Yeah. Yeah, if there was a way to sort of get that out of your system, to to Steve's point, like in a safe and contained way, and you've signed waivers, and you're paying a company, and there's trained professionals on site who allow uh, you to become the killdozer of your world for just a short amount of time. You know, something that I feel like I learned is in one of those cassette tape recordings that you alluded to, Joey, uh, Hemeyer says, people will say, why did he do that? He had such a good life. And I'm, and then he said, for as good as a man can be, also can he be as bad? And I'm like, I think the big lesson here is that anybody can go fucking nuts if pushed to the edge. Just a little bit. I think that this person probably had some very deep-seated issues that had not been addressed his entire life, and they all culminated in this giant bulldozing killing machine. That said, I do think that there is merit to the idea of, like, let's just take a second to go, hey, if you, as a person, feel you are entitled to building a killdozer, I want you to stop and really examine that. I want you to just go, hmm, why do I think that I, of all the people in the world, get to build this thing and ram it into the buildings of the town that I live in, regardless of whether there are people inside them or not? Um, 
I think what I learned from this is that it's important to not put your heroes yeah. on a pedestal, especially if they're responsible. And the reason you know about them is a bulldozer yeah. rampage. And the thing is, apparently, there is a GQ article that references uh, the whole uh, killdozer situation and talks about how his case, though like super, super unusual, has kind of led to like doomsday preppers and domestic terrorist types going, hey, this guy's a martyr. You know, like they're kind of connecting him to like Idaho Mountain Boys at Almost Heaven and that kind of thing. Lots of school shooters, folks who go, hey, uh, this guy kind of had the right idea. Um, Different methodology. I'm sorry, a a similar methodology, different ideology. But it's like very similar to driving a car bomb. You know what I mean? Like it's not like but they're viewing him as a martyr. And I go, oh, no. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's like, uh, maybe that's yeah. not the right mm, takeaway from mm. this. Let's think about anything else. Anything else <laughs> except for that. I mean, what I learned is that our society loves nothing more than the story of a white man of means who's just put up with too much and takes matters into his own hands. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, um, And also, really quick, I want to congratulate all the participants in the Granby Gutbuster 2021 5K race. Um, This little girl, Kaja, only 10 years old, and she finished the 5K in 23 minutes. So I definitely want to. Yeah. yeah, So I definitely want to, you know, uh, tip my hat to the future of Granby. Right. Yes. Uh, The future. The future is going to be bigger and brighter than ever, and those sandwiches are going to be taller and higher than ever. And that's just going to ha- how it's going to have to be, a world where I'm not in Granby, but I'm looking at it from afar with a tear strung in my eye going, you can do it. Joey, do you feel like there's anything beyond apparently Watch Tread and Leviathan that you would like other people to know regarding Killdozer? Uh, I think that, um, uh, I don't know. I think that Tread, um, like, does a really good job of painting kind of both sides of the argument without turning the Killdozer guy into a folk hero. Like, it's a very, like, Mm well-researched documentary. And I'm not entirely sure where I sit on the side of, like, where, you know, at what point was it a legitimate gripe versus a not legitimate gripe? You know, regardless, the end point of him bulldozing a town, maybe kind of, uh, it wasn't that legitimate <laughs> a gripe for sure, you know? Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, I think they'll, like, watch that documentary. Um, and then I guess I would just, like, anybody listening to this, I would say, like, uh, I don't know, be careful who you put on a pedestal. Because, like, though... You know, as a sentence, it's cool for somebody to, like, use a bulldozer to tear down a town out of spite or whatever. Like, I don't know. Maybe, like, the type of person that would do that isn't the type of person that you should, like, worship. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good one. I think that's a pretty good one, especially considering that, like, 
you're gonna worship a guy who went to all that trouble when he just he just could have moved somewhere else. He could have moved to the town over. I feel like so much of his problems would have stopped if he had just been like, you know what? I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna sell this land. Go elsewhere. Or just like when you make a deal yeah. for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, don't then up it to a million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of takeaways. There's uh, there's lessons about negotiating. Um, there, <laughs> I think that there's a lesson to be had about like the sympathetic view that one can have because you still see this whole thing is like this man making a mountain out of a molehill, you know, essentially. This, this guy just went nuts trying to prove, no, 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 I'm correct. And sometimes you're just not you're just not correct. Uh, I do think I do think it's very weird that in yeah. one of those tapes he said God built me for this job. God blessed me in advance for the task I'm about to undertake. It is my duty. God has asked me to do this. It is a cross that I'm going to carry, and I'm carrying it in God's name. So my question about that is that if God built him to build the killdozer. Why didn't God just I also build have the this question. I <laughs> take that killdozer guy. About you know, where that came from, which is an article with this headline: "Man who bulldozed says he got idea from God." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this story is very fun to read. <laughs> Joy Cliff, thank you so much for coming on. It's, Why do you know that? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. This is super fun. I'm uh, really glad that I got to uh, talk about Killdozer <laughs> for an hour and a half um, and really unpack, you know, like, look, you know, uh, problematic fave. No, nah, he's just problematic. I think yeah. that's what I learned from this. Um, so, uh, yeah, thanks, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Joey Tainment. You can find me on Instagram um, at Joey Clift with like five or six eyes. The reason it's with five or six eyes and not one eye is like a 12 year old took regular Joey Clift and I don't know how to get it back from him. Found, I think we found uh, an answer. Then, uh, <laughs> yeah, what do you mean you can't figure out yeah, how to get Yeah, I gotta build a bulldozer. <laughs> yeah, I gotta build a killdozer. Yeah, you're right. Uh, um, and then I uh, want everybody to know that this is a part of the Joey Clift has some free time. So he's spending it guesting on podcasts, summer 2021 tour. You can follow that along on Twitter and Instagram at hashtag JCHSFTSHIGOPS2021. Uh, we have posters. I'm thinking about making merch and t-shirts. Considering renting a billboard in Hollywood to promote this tour. And if I do that, it will have this podcast and the date of the that I was on it. On this billboard somewhere yes, in Los Angeles you, County. <laughs> keep an eye out for our gram at <laughs> why do you know that bot on Instagram to see if uh, we could take a picture of said billboard should it go up. Um, and then uh, other than that, uh, I've got a bunch of really cool stuff coming out in October. I can't like quite promote it uh, right yet because it hasn't been announced. But I can say... If you follow me on Twitter in October, there's going to be some real cool stuff dropping. Yeah, that, uh, I know about it because I'm your friend, like. but I'm not going to talk about it here. But I can assure you it is very cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm starring in the new Star Wars. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not supposed to say. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell everyone you know every way you know how. 
Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them. We talked about some weird stuff. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Why Do You Know That Pod or on Twitter at Why Do You Know Pod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at Why Do You Know That Pod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime. Uh-huh.